This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. The Christmas story of a baby born in a manger is a familiar one. The Roman Empire, a police state in its own right, had ordered that a census be conducted. Joseph and his pregnant wife Mary traveled to the little town of Bethlehem so they could be counted. There being no room for the couple at any of the inns, they stayed in a stable, in other words a barn, where Mary gave birth to a baby boy, Jesus. Warned that the government planned to kill the baby, Jesus' family fled with him to Egypt until it was safe to return to their native land. Yet what if Jesus had been born 2,000 years later? What if, instead of being born into the Roman police state, Jesus had been born at this moment in time? What kind of reception would Jesus and his family be given? What would Jesus' life have been like if, instead of being born in the Roman police state, he had been born and raised in the American police state? And how would Jesus, the baby born in Bethlehem, who grew up into an itinerant preacher and revolutionary activist, who not only died challenging the police state of his day, namely the Roman Empire, but spent his adult life speaking truth to power, challenging the status quo of his day, and pushing back against the abuses of the Roman Empire, react the American police state. Consider the following, if you will. Had Jesus been born in the era of the American police state, rather than traveling to Bethlehem for a census, Jesus' parents would have been mailed a 28-page American community survey, a mandatory government questionnaire documenting their habits, household inhabitants, work schedule, and how many toilets are in their home, and so on and so on. Instead of being born in a manger, Jesus might have been born at home. Rather than wise men and shepherds bringing gifts, however, the baby's parents might have been forced to ward off visits from state social workers intent on prosecuting them for the home birth. Had Jesus been born in a hospital, his blood and DNA would have been taken without his parents' knowledge or consent and entered into a government biobank. Then again, had Jesus been an undocumented immigrant along with his parents, they and the newborn baby might have been shuffled to a profit-driven private prison for illegals where they first would have been separated from each other, the child detained in makeshift cages. Rather than disappearing from the history books from his early teenage years to adulthood, Jesus' movements and personal data, including his biometrics, would have been documented, tracked, monitored, and filed by government agencies and corporations such as Google and Microsoft. From the moment Jesus made contact with an extremist such as John the Baptist, he would have been flagged for surveillance because of his association with a prominent activist, peaceful or otherwise. Jesus' anti-government views would certainly have resulted in him being labeled a domestic extremist. Rather than being permitted to live as an itinerant preacher, Jesus might have found himself threatened with arrest for daring to live off the grid or sleeping outside. Viewed by the government as a dissident and a potential threat to its power, Jesus might have had government spies planted among his followers to monitor his activities, report on his movements, and entrap him into breaking the law. Had Jesus used the internet to spread his radical message of peace and love, he might have found his blog post infiltrated by government spies attempting to undermine his integrity, discredit him, or plant incriminating information online about him. At the very least, he would have had his website hacked and his email monitored. Had Jesus attempted to feed large crowds of people, he would have been threatened with arrest for violating various ordinances prohibiting the distribution of food without a permit. 
Had Jesus spoken publicly about his 40 days in the desert and his conversations with the devil, he might have been labeled mentally ill and detained in a psych ward against his will for a mandatory involuntary psychiatric hole with no access to family or friends. Without a doubt, had Jesus attempted to overturn tables in a Jewish temple and rage against the materialism of religious institutions, he would have been charged with a hate crime. Had anyone reported Jesus to the police as being potentially dangerous, he might have found himself confronted and killed by police officers for whom any perceived act of noncompliance, a twitch, a question, a frown, can result in them shooting first and asking questions later. Rather than having armed guards capture Jesus in a public place, government officials would have ordered that a SWAT team carry out a raid on Jesus and his followers, complete with flashbang grenades and military equipment. Instead of being detained by Roman guards, Jesus might have been made to disappear into a secret government detention center where he would have been interrogated, tortured, and subjected to all manner of abuses. Charged with treason and labeled a domestic terrorist, Jesus might have been sentenced to a life term in a private prison where he would have been forced to provide slave labor for corporations or put to death by way of the electric chair or a lethal mixture of drugs. Indeed, as I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, and in its fictional counterpart, the Eric Blair Diaries, Given the nature of government then and now, it is painfully evident that whether Jesus had been born in our modern age or his own, he still would have died at the hands of a police state. Thus, as we draw near to Christmas with its celebration of miracles and promise of salvation, we would do well to remember that what happened in that manger on that starry night in Bethlehem is only the beginning of the story. The baby born in a police state grew up to be a man who did not turn away from the evils of his age, but rather spoke out against it. We must do no less. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, we can make America free again.